You're listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast created for ambitious, heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships, influence others, and make an impact with everyone they meet. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I'm a mom of four, a wife, a storyteller, dream builder, and a personal branding and business coach. On the show, you'll hear real conversations about what it means to run your own business, what success actually looks like, and how you can overcome obstacles that get in your way. We're growing businesses with less hustle and more ease, transforming your mindset, and inspiring you to get moving and to follow your dreams. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back, everybody, to the Attract and Stand Out podcast. It is my honor to introduce you guys to Talea Dindi. She is a cancer doula, and she is nine years cancer. She's a nine-year cancer thriver and founder of On the Other Side, an organization that is dedicated to providing personalized support and resources that address emotional, navigational, educational, and practical needs of people living with cancer, all of which helps cancer patients take charge of their health and live a vibrant life in spite of cancer. Talea, welcome to the show today. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, Darlene. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's such an honor to have you here, and I'm excited to dive in today's conversation and just learn a little bit about who you are and how you came on this journey to start your own business and some of the things that you've overcome because you're a nine-year cancer thriver, which I love that you say you're a thriver because, yeah, you are an exceptional woman, and I only can imagine the stories you're going to share with us today that have helped bring you along this journey and to not only to thrive through that process, but to start an organization that helps other people get through this process because I can imagine you've learned so much on your own journey that you're now able to pour so much love and support into other people to help them on their journey. So tell us a little bit about you and kind of what's your backstory? Like how did you, well, I, I'm assuming you started your business because of your journey with cancer. So let's start there. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. That's exactly the way that it unfolded. Um, April 8th. All right, so we're back. I had some technical difficulties on my end. But on April 8th, 2011, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I was very devastated by that news because I had never really been sick other than having the flu and um, was considered fairly healthy. And out of the blue was this diagnosis. So, of course, I was felt a range of emotions, anger, fear, anxiety, depression, all those things in one weekend. Um, I, it was just very, very devastating, very scary because no one close to me had really been impacted by cancer. I didn't know much about cancer. You know, based on what I knew, it was that, you know, if you got cancer, you died because that's what you know, typically is communicated when people talk about cancer is death. And so um, I went through my cancer journey. I had a really great oncologist. I had support from my family. However, there was still this huge gap. And that gap was between the emotional side of cancer and the medical side of cancer. 
again, I had a great support system. However, it wasn't very, it wasn't the same as being able to speak with someone who had been through this experience already. And so there was a lot of things that I had to learn on my own. I had to learn quickly. I had to digest a lot of information. I had to learn how to process my emotions in a healthy way. So really that's why I started on the other side because the emotional support piece is missing in the healthcare system. And yes, hospitals and clinics, they do have social workers, they do have patient navigators, but it would have been really nice to have that one person that could have given me one-on-one -on -one individualized support based on what my exact needs were at that time. So that's how I got started and why I got started. Yeah, and I can imagine too, going through that process, like you said, the emotional support is probably a bigger piece of support that we that you would need going through a cancer diagnosis and not being really sure what to expect or how your body's going to handle it or how you're like, going to feel about it and think about it. What were some of the things that you found for yourself that you were able to do to, to comfort yourself and get the emotional support that you needed? Um, basically, I'm, I'm a learner, you know, I just love to learn new things. So learning as much as I could about the type of cancer that I had helped to empower me and help me feel like, you know, hey, I can have an educated conversation about the type of cancer I have and the treatments that they were discussing with me. So that helped me. Um, of course, getting exercise. I love to walk. So walking was very therapeutic for me. It helped to relieve a lot of the stress and anxiety. And, you know, j just getting out of bed every day, getting dressed and doing as much as I could and not feeling sorry for myself. Those were things that I think played a major, major part in my healing process. Yeah, I can imagine just... Um taking care of yourself and like what you're eating and how you're treating your body. That would be such an important piece to that. So where was it during this journey then for yourself that you realized that you were having this desire to start your own business and to start supporting other people on this path? You know, honestly, Darlene, it was when I returned back to work. I had been on six months disability and this type of support that I got um, from my employer, it wasn't very good. It was basically a series of emails asking me, when was I going to return? So that in itself made me really not want to go back, to be totally honest. But of course, I had to go back. I had medical bills to pay and things like that. But that's really when I started thinking about it. And I started thinking, you know, I want more for myself. I want to do something every day that helps other people. And I just knew that I wasn't the only person, person, excuse me, the only person experiencing this gap between the emotional and medical sides of cancer. And so ever since I had returned back to work later in uh, 2011, it had been in the back of my mind, like, you know, I think there's something I can do with this. And not only will it help me, but it will also help other people. And I wanted to take what I had been through to support other people and to help them through a journey that's not very, that's not easy at all.
Yeah. So what type of person typically comes to you? Is it, are you fine? Like, do you find that you are attracting people who have like support at home and they have people around them, but they're not helping them in the right way? Or is it um, people that just don't have a support system around them typically? Or like, what is that process? I'm just imagining like there could be a lot of different people that would come for support and what that would look like for them. Sure. So I've seen a variety. For example, um, I've seen people that, yes, they have support at home, but they don't feel like there's a connection there. They feel like, you know, yeah, I know my loved ones support me, but they don't really understand what it is that I'm going through. So that true, true connection around this particular um, connect, um, illness is not happening. And having that true connection is a part of healing also. I've seen people where they have no one, like their family doesn't acknowledge that they have cancer, they don't call and check on them, they don't support them in any way. And so it's both. There's that wife who has a husband who is the breadwinner. And he's trying to take on the role of taking care of the kids and managing the house while going to work. So that leaves the mother, you know, kind of on her own to try to figure all of this out. So it's really a variety. I can say that most of the people that come to me for support are people who are newly diagnosed or they are in the treatment phase of their cancer journey. Yeah. So they're, they're on the beginning where they're trying to like figure things out, right? They're not sure what it looks like and how it's going to feel and like what they're going to experience. So it's, I can definitely see how that would be that place where you're curious and you're wanting to find out more. I have never dealt with cancer specifically myself, but um, I've had loved ones who have passed away from it. And I can remember like wanting to know like, what were the signs? What did we miss? How did it get here? Like, what could we have done to have prevented it? And it's hard, like you're not sure how you got there and what, what you can do. Like we, we want to fix it. Right. At least right. Um, kind of like how my personality is, is like, okay, I don't know what to do here. So I need to figure out how to fix it. Like there's gotta be a way to fix this because this is not happening. And I can remember, um, my grandmother passed away from pancreatic cancer and we sat there with her and we were just baffled because no, we, we, there was no signs. There was no warning beforehand. And we pretty much found out within like two weeks that she had cancer. And then she passed away immediately after her surgery because there wasn't anything that we, they could do for her. And I just remember like that helplessness of like, why, did, why wasn't there more signs? Why wasn't there a way for us to test this and to have known something earlier? So I can imagine what so many of your clients do when they come to you and they're just confused and not sure um, how to move forward with that. Absolutely. And one of the things about a cancer diagnosis is that so much information is given to a person at one time. So you're trying to process the fact that you have been diagnosed with cancer. That's number one. Number two, you have all this information dumped on you. And it's very clinical and technical information. On top of that, you have like 15 appointments back to back to back to get you staged and things like that to help determine the kind of treatment you need. Um, bone marrow biopsies to see if the cancer has gone into your bones. So it's like you're just 
like, I don't even know the right word. If it's like you're moving at the speed of lightning, I don't know if, if that kind of helps explain it, but literally your world is turned upside down and you haven't even really had an opportunity to process the fact that you have cancer because you're trying to just work through all of the different things that you need to know and all of the different appointments that you have to go to just to get staged and then eventually get to the point where you decide with your doctor what type of treatment you're going to get. So circling back to the types of people that come to me for support, for the people that don't get support from their family, friends, or loved ones, a lot of times people I found are not providing support because they don't want to, it's because they feel helpless, they don't know how to support that person, they don't wanna say the wrong things, and they don't wanna see them going through this situation, they don't wanna see them suffering. So I found that that's really one of the few main reasons why people do not show up in support. Um, I'm not saying that those, you know, that really justifies anything. But when I guess it's really tough for people when they feel like, what can I do? I feel helpless. I don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, so those are all different things that can cause people to stay away. What What do you say to families? Like, do you ever um, get a chance to work with the family members as well? And yes, types of thing, like what types do they open up usually typically with that type of being like, I feel helpless. I don't know what to do. Like, what, what do you say? I guess what I'm trying to ask is, so for the people that might be listening to this and like they have a family member who's going through something hard, whether it's cancer or um, anything at this point right now, like what are some good ways to like help somebody without when you don't know how to help? The most important thing that they can do is be there. If you don't know what to say, don't say anything. If you don't know what to do, ask the person who is going through this. Ask them, how can I support you? And if they don't know, because a lot of times at that moment, we don't know. So if they say, I don't know, just be there. And when they figure it out, make sure you're available. Don't say, okay, I'm here for you. And then want when they come to you and say, hey, can you help me out with this? And you're not available or you don't show up. So the most important thing, even if you don't know what to do or say, is just be there. Yeah. Just be there. I know there's been a lot of time, like, I'm trying to think back on just people, like, sometimes people have, you know, they have a baby or they've been ill and they've had something going on and people are so generous. Like, oh, if you need anything at all, just let me know. And I feel like that's like, at least I'll I'll say it's for my, I'll speak for myself. Like, that's programmed to me. If somebody is in need or somebody has something going on I'm very quick to say hey you know if I can do anything let me know but they always like okay yeah I will and then I realized that nobody typically follows through with that like the person who's going through something never really raises their hand because I think maybe it's a society thing like we're so used to doing for ourselves we're not great at asking for help we don't want to inconvenience or bother or everybody else is busy so we don't typically reach out as much And I've noticed that I have to be like, hey, I'm going to come over and bring you dinner next Tuesday. Like people, I think it's, we need to take like a more ownership approach to it when it comes to like helping people with whatever they have going on in their life, especially with cancer. Like 
finding ways that we can help and like put ourselves in a position so we can show up and not just wait for them to ask because I'll be, I'm the last person that'll ask for help when I have things going on. I'll, I want to help everybody else all day long, but I'm, I, I will never raise my hand and be like, Hey, I actually need some help over here. Like it'll, I'll wait until like, it's like dire need at that point where I'm like, I'm drowning over here. Like somebody come help. So I can imagine, especially as a, um, when you're in the moment and you're going through that experience, you're not in a mood to really reach out and get support because the emotions are taking over and depression and all of those feelings can be happening. So making absolutely the loved ones around you need to be like, Hey, like I'm just, ha- I'm, I'm coming over and cleaning your house. I'm bringing you dinner. I'm taking you to that doctor's appointment. Like, I think it's important for people just to not expect that people are going to ask for that help and mm. put themselves in a position where they can just show up and be there too. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's so true. And that's another thing that I work with on with my clients is helping them to get in a position where they feel comfortable asking for help and expressing their needs, wants and desires. Because now more than ever, a time like this, you know, when you're diagnosed with cancer, that's when you really need to reach out and ask for help, you know, and like you just said, it's a two-way street. Um, We have to be comfortable asking for help. And if we don't know what kind of help we need, it's okay to say, you know, at the moment, I don't know. But can you please be available when I figure it out? You know, and then if there's someone who wants to support someone, but they don't know how, it's okay to say, you know, I don't know what kind of support you need from me right now, but I am here and truly be there. You know, um, even when they don't need you, you pick up the phone and you call them and say, hey, how are you doing today? Do you mind if I stop by just for a couple minutes to check on you? So really, everything that you've just said is so true. It's like taking ownership, you know, if you really want to support someone, because we don't always have the answers, and that's on both sides. Also, the thing about cancer is the way that cancer has been discussed makes it a very tough thing to open up and talk about. It makes people say and do weird and awkward things when in reality, (laughs) it's just like, you know, just check on the person and say, hey, how you're doing? They are still the same person. They just happen to be someone who has cancer. Just like I was still Talia, I just happened to be someone who had cancer. So talk to me the way that you did prior to my diagnosis. And I think that helps to keep things not being so weird and awkward. So. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because I know people get like in that weird moment where they all of a sudden they feel like they can't talk to you or you're a totally different person or you're an alien or (laughs) like, and and you're still (laughs) you at the core, like you're just going through an experience. You haven't changed as a person. You're just going through something during that time. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I do, I do see that with people when life happens, like all of a sudden, like you're being treated like you're a delicate flower and nobody can like say anything or do anything or they don't want to bring it up. Like, they think if they mention it, that all of a sudden, like you might melt <laughs> where you might need at that time to actually talk about it and have somebody who just wants to listen and be there and support you. So as then, you, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, and that can make a person feel isolated. That can make them shut down and not 
want to talk to anyone because they don't want to be seen that way. They don't want to be made to feel like, you know, um, there's somebody different or putting a spotlight on the fact that they happen to have this illness. You know, we don't want to be identified by that. I didn't at the time. You know, as I said a few seconds ago, I just happen to be someone who has cancer, but I'm the same person. So I think if people get in a habit of thinking about it that way, it, it will really help things. Yeah. So what has been some of the biggest obstacles for yourself, like starting this business where you're able to go in and help other people? What is, has there been any like big things that have come up for you as you just kind of pivoted from thriving as a cancer survivor and then, um, showing up and helping other people? What have been some of the obstacles? Yes, Darlene. Um, Some of the big obstacles for me have been getting in touch with clients that want to use my services and can actually pay. So what I'm saying is the biggest obstacle is being able to support people who want to use my services, but insurance doesn't cover it. So that has been a really big obstacle. So that has caused me to have to figure out different ways to support people who need and want my help. The other obstacle has been just making sure people have a clear understanding of what a cancer doula is. And as a cancer doula, I help and support people that have had major life changes and major health-related experiences. So just like a birth or a death doula, I provide that level of support. Um, Birth doulas are focused on life in the beginning. Death doulas are focused on the end. I am focused on the present and helping my clients to learn to live with cancer so that they can can continue on with their lives and I think that's so important is that we're focusing on the present. We're trying to work through what's currently happening in your life at this time. So that has been the other thing, you know, just making sure people understand, getting the word out about what it is that I do. And um, I have tried really hard to connect with hospitals and clinics, but they haven't been really receptive. So I've gone out into the community And that has really made a big difference as well. So it's just really getting to go out and talk to people and say, hey, this is what I do. Um, I think that hospitals and clinics, they don't really look at the whole integrative care because I'm not here to replace uh, a patient navigator, social worker, or anyone on a healthcare team. I'm there to work with them and to provide additional layer of support for someone who has been impacted by cancer. So those have been my big, biggest obstacles and challenges. Yeah. And I love that you said that you focus on the present because a lot of people, like a lot of people are familiar with a doula when you're having a baby, like that's mm-hmm. come very mainstream and it's something that um, people are, you know, people are talking about it. Like you're hearing about it so much more often. And even um, like a death, like I've heard that term a lot more lately, but I haven't heard 
of um, like a cancer doula. And I love that you are helping them in the moment in the present because you're helping them to thrive. You're helping them move forward. You're helping to make that transition and to get through everything that's going on, all the emotions and the physical elements that come with that as well. I love that you're bringing like that piece together because it, there's so many missing pieces. I feel like when people are ill and when they're sick and they're trying to take care of themselves and people aren't sure exactly how to give them the right support. So to have somebody that comes alongside them, that's an advocate for them and is going to, you know, cheerlead with them and get what they need and show up at, you know, doctor's appointments and make sure they're getting the care they need. It's definitely needed. How can we best support your type of industry? Um, with getting people more familiar with this and just letting people know like, hey, if you find out that you have cancer, like there's help and there's support and there's people that want to come alongside you on this journey that don't have to be your family members and don't have to be um, necessarily so immediately close to you. They can kind of help guide you. What are, what are some good ways that we can help advocate for you to get in front of more people? Well, thanks for asking, Darlene. The most important thing is word of mouth. You know, if you know someone who has been impacted by cancer, has recently received a diagnosis, just make them aware that I exist. And as a cancer doula, there's a lot of ways that they can get the support and individualized attention that they need. You know, if you see any of my posts or things like that, if you can share them in your community, I have started um, having monthly, what I call monthly virtual get-togethers. And each month I talk about different topics. So this month I talked about um, how to cope with isolation while navigating cancer. And that was my first event. And it turned out really well. I got a lot of good feedback. The most important thing that came out of that was people being able to bring their true authentic selves and being able to be honest about how they were feeling and making connections with other people that um, understood what they are going through and also um, were not judging them or, or, or telling them how they should feel and things like that. So if you see any events or anything like that, if you could share that on social media. Um, so I think those are the biggest ways that you can help is, is simply by word of mouth yeah and just get it helping get your name out there because i think you're, you're onto it that people just don't know that there's this type of support there so finding ways to connect and to get that support again what, what would you say is your definition of success for you and with this business like what does that look like like what does success look like as a cancer doula well for me i feel like Darlene, I've already been successful personally because every time that I show up for someone and I support them, I have shown someone that you can truly get the support that you need. I have shown someone that you don't have to go through this and be alone. I have shared my experience, even though it wasn't the best experience, um, to help other people. So in that sense, I feel like personally, I've been a success. As far as my business, for me, I would feel like my business is successful when insurance companies and you know the healthcare industry realizes how important 
my services and other people that do similar thing, how important our services are, how critical they are in the healing process of cancer patients and providing a way for those services to get paid. I think that would really um, signal success for my business. Yeah, I love that. That's a, I like that you said too, like, I have already achieved success. Like you're already there and you're just taking it to the next level and helping other people and growing, which is such a, a beautiful way to look at it. So important. So thank you. What are some like next steps for you when it comes to your business? Is there anything like big on the horizon for how you envision like, growing your business or uh, making changes? Absolutely. So um, I'm planning another virtual get together in June. And so when I get that scheduled, I will share that with you. I'm hoping to bring in more people. So that's one thing. I want to continue to build on that. Um, the other thing is I'm looking at creating a training program for people who want to become cancer doulas. That's going to be a huge task. I've started brainstorming on it and things like that. And I decided to pursue this because so many people have asked me, where did you go for training? Well, how did you learn about it? How did you get started? Well, for me, the best experience is real life experience. So that's my number one teacher. And of course, I have a coaching certification. So I did um, get coaching certified. But there's so many different things that are important. And I think soft skills are at, at the height of you know, what people need to have and understand. Patience, um, being able to you know, use technical terms when it comes to cancer and then break that down and explain it to someone who doesn't know anything about cancer. So um, because several people have asked me just in the last six months about training, that's one thing that I really want to um, create for people that want to go out and help, you know, people that have been impacted by cancer. So that's one thing. And then um, in the nearer future, I'm working on creating a membership site strictly for my clients where they can go and get more detailed information. You know, there will be um, videos, there will be PowerPoints. So where they can go and get um, more education about cancer and other things related to cancer. That's awesome. I love that you have such a vision for helping bring more people into this industry and that you you're putting in the steps to like to grow that and i love that you mentioned too like soft skills because i know in my business as a business coach um soft skills are so important in knowing how to break things down and talk to somebody in a way that they can understand <laughs> it's, it's huge especially if you're dealing with somebody who you know doctors use like the biggest world words in the world like like doctor jargon is so big. So breaking that down and having the ability to speak to somebody in a way that they're going to actually understand and be able to move, know how to move forward and get it. Like that's the same thing I do with my clients when it comes to talking to their audience and growing their businesses. Like so often we use expert speak, <laughs> um, but it's more important that we, you know, talk to people the way that they're going to be able to understand us and we're able to mirror back um, those conversations in such a clear way. So I love that you're going to help other people do just that and be that advocate and that support tool for that. Thank you. It's, it's so important to be able to meet people where they are. And 
help people to feel comfortable opening up and talking to you because you want those people to come back and to continue to get what they need. So it's, it's very, very important to meet people where they are and then help them get to where they want to go. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love, I love what you do. It's, it's, so it's for me, I'll say like, it's not necessarily new, but it's a newer, a thought because I didn't even know this was a type of industry out there where people will be able to get the support they need. And I know so many people are going to be able to have their lives changed because they have somebody who's coming alongside them and is helping through the whole entire process. So I love what you're doing. Thank you. Um, Thank as, you. As we kind of start to wrap up, I always like to ask some fun questions at the end of my interview, just so people can kind of get to know who you are and, um, get a piece of you. So um, my first question for you is, do you have a morning routine? And if so, what is it? Yes, I do. So I've made a point of not rolling over and turning off the alarm and looking at my phone. I turn off my alarm, <laughs> put my phone back down, get up, have you know a quick snack, shower, and then work out. So I have to start, even if it's a 30 minute walk, you know, I have to start out by doing something physical every morning. For some reason, for me personally, that helps me to just kind of get my mind in a good place and release whatever it is, you know, that I woke up with. So that's my morning routine is that I get up, do some form of physical activity and, um, that's how I start my day. Yeah. And can we all take note real quick that you <laughs> put your phone back down after the alarm goes off? Because I'm totally guilty of this myself. And it's, it's a habit that is hard to break. But just not laying in bed and like scrolling mindlessly through your phone forever. So <laughs> I love that you said that you brought that up because I think it's so important. I know the days when I don't allow myself to do that and I just hop up and I start my day it's got a different vibe to it and it's so much more easy than the days where I spend 30 minutes scrolling through my phone and there's no time to exercise. There's no time to sip coffee by myself before my kids get up or like just do some of those things for myself. And that's usually the time set that I know a lot of people deal with. <laughs> and, and you know, Darlene, that didn't happen overnight. It's like, it's something that I had realized about myself because as a cancer doula, I teach people to get in tune with their feelings and emotions and things like that. And I noticed that the mornings, like you just said, where I would, you know, pick up my phone and just scroll through this and scroll through that, it created like a form of anxiety almost for me. And it was like, okay, well, I got this email and I need to check on this and check on that. And it's like, I haven't even mentally woke up yet. <laughs> so like, why am I doing this to myself? So that's kind of how I got there is that I just noticed a lot of uneasiness when I, when I started my day that way. And it's like, no, you know, those emails and things like that, they can wait an hour or so. I owe it to myself to um, prepare myself in the best way possible for my day, for my clients and the people that I have to interact with throughout the day. And I think as entrepreneurs too, like our businesses can consume our lives if we let them. And that's the exact mm -hmm. 
opposite of why we started our business. Like most of us started we envision like this freedom and working on our terms and doing things our way and not having to, to work for somebody else. And then you can easily, if you're not careful, create a structure in your personal life where you're working all the time and you don't really have time to step away and to be creative and to enjoy life. You just find that you're working so much. So I think it's important too to, to like give yourself parameters for your business time and when you're checking emails, when you're going on social media to do social posts for work or whatever that looks like and not allow it to be part of your 24-7 life. Like keep it in a mm -hmm. container that's nice and neat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So my next question for you is one of my favorites. I love to know um, who, who's your biggest influencer? Like who's made the biggest impact on you in your life? You know, it's not someone that everybody knows. I would have to say my grandmother. Yay. And um, I say that because at a very young age, she, she shared a lot of wisdom with me. And she talked to me at a young age as if I was an adult. You know, of course, there were certain guidelines and things like that. But what I'm saying is she did a wonderful job preparing me for certain things in life that I had no idea at that time I was going to have to learn how to deal with and learn how to navigate. So my grandmother prepared me really for what I'm doing now, what I went through with cancer, and just a lot of challenges in life. She, she really prepared me for that. And I think because she did that at such a young age, it helped me to, to develop a certain mindset. And um, I, I just don't think I would be where I am without that wisdom that she instilled in me, so. Yay, Grandma. I love when our <laughs> biggest influencers are the people closest to us that are in our immediate life because there's so many times this question's answered and it's, you know, um, a famous influencer. And then other times like where it's, you know, a spouse or a grandparent or a mom or somebody. And I just love when it's like that personal connection because we're impacted so greatly by the people that we surround ourselves with. So I love that it's your grandma. So thank you for sharing that thank with you. us. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And I love happy spots. I love self-care. So I'm curious if when you need to like refuel your, refuel, fuel your soul, if I can say that, and just take time for you, what's your happy spot? Like, where do you like to go? What do you like to do? What does that look like? Well, prior to the <laughs> pandemic, I love to travel. And, um, the last place that I went where I just felt like I was in heaven was Hawaii. And it was just the most peaceful experience that I've ever had. So traveling, but due to current circumstances, I would have to say just being able to get in a quiet place, kick my feet up and write in my journal and read a book. Those are my two favorite things that I love to do. And they really helped me to get recentered and um, just kind of forget about reality for a second. Yeah. I love that you kind of already highlighted on what my last question is for you. And <laughs> I always, I, I, before COVID, I would ask if I was to give you an airline ticket today and you could go anywhere, where would you go? And obviously right now the world's flipped upside down and none of us are traveling. But if you could, when, when the world opens back up, which I know it will 
soon eventually, right? Hopefully one of these days soon. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully soon. <laughs> hopefully soon, because I definitely have travel too. Where would you like to go? Like what's on your bucket list for the next place you'd like to go visit? I would love to go to Italy just because I hear the food is great. And I want to um, get on the gondola, you know, ride a gondola. I think that's what they're called. So those are my, that's, that's my place. That's where I want to go next. And it just seems kind of like a romantic place. Yeah. So that's on my list. I'm okay going with you because I'm a big foodie and I love <laughs> So <laughs> with you, I would love to go to Italy too and just um, experience all of the food and like the sights and the, the, just a beautiful area to go to. It looks like I haven't been myself. So <laughs> mm -hmm. exactly. So that's, that's on the top of my list. Hopefully I'll get there soon or maybe next year. <laughs> It'll happen. We're definitely going to be able to go places here soon. The world is slowly starting mm -hmm. to open back up, at least here in California. I know evidence looks good right now. <laughs> good, good. Things are slowly opening up here in Minnesota. Um, they've started to open businesses and some restaurants are able to have like patio service and curbside service. So yeah, it, it, they're just, we've in the past, not even a week, we've, the restaurants have opened at like 50% capacity with reservations and um, hair salons opened up, I think yesterday or today, maybe um, they're able to okay. with very limited clientele. And so it's nice to see that things are starting to come back and people are able to financially start bringing their income back in. Like it wasn't as big of a deal. I don't feel like staying home and having to like, you know, keep our distance from stuff, but so many people's lives have been changed and impacted by the financial piece of it because their, their businesses just weren't mm -hmm. able to be even open. So I'm so yes. excited for my friends who are able to start doing what they love again <laughs> and showing up in the world and bringing their clients back. So. Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. So Leah, this has been so fun. Tell, tell everybody how they can connect with you. Where do you like to hang out? Sure. So they can actually find me on LinkedIn and I have a business page on there. It's on the other side. They can find me on Facebook. Again, I have a business page on the other side. I also have a free Facebook support group called Navigating Cancer Together. And if they just go on Facebook, they can find that group. Um, they can also visit my website, which has all the information that I just listed. And that is ontheotherside.life, ontheotherside.life. And um, they can, you know, contact me various ways via my website. I would like to mention that I currently have a freebie and it is a self-advocacy tip sheet. And basically um, it just gives some wonderful tips about self-advocacy, which is so important um, just in life in general, but especially when you've been diagnosed with a chronic illness and they can go to on the other side that life backslash S A freebie and grab their um, self-advocacy tip sheet. Yes, and it's so needed. I know um, if anybody's going through this, definitely um, download the freebie and get the support that you need because it's it's so in, in, invaluable. Is that the right word? So valuable. No, it's, yes. yes. It's, an, it's, value, it's so valuable <laughs> um, to, to take that time. So thank you for um, offering that to the community. I know that um, 
those that are going through this type of experience right now definitely need your support and we'll thank soak you. it up. So thank you so much for sharing that thank with us. Thank you. And it's been such an honor thank to have you. you on today. Thank you so much for taking your time and spending it with me. Talia, thank you so much. You're welcome, Darlene. And thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you giving me and sh well, sharing your platform with me to get the word out about me and my business on the other side. And I will be scheduling another live virtual get together um, probably later in June. And uh, Darlene, when I get that all set up and ready to go, I will share that information with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love the show, leave a review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean the world to me. As a special thank you, I want to offer you a free gift, my Uncover Your Niche workbook and video training that helps you become unforgettable to your audience. You can sign up at darlingholly.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, have an amazing week and we will talk soon.